0: the Praise the victory. No no th- have the, the, the way that we Pay Pay some some for the victory. victory. Sing, come, Lift up your voice and sing for joy. Have your hands make the trumpet is Praise upon the victory The so world you When to feels like a bump They come Right, right is the way, right right is the, way this is the, the way we find. This is the way that we find. Praise, Praise the victory right. Praise Praise the glory. Glory. It's, it's like a the voice right. and your body. voice and Can't speak for your hands Make a jump and shout You're the Praise upon the victory The world you When to feels this is the way that the battle is, won. This, is the we find. this is the way that we find. Praise for the victory. Joy. Lift lift up your, up your voice and sing for joy. Have your, your head, make it a joy it. for the and the Praise the victory. The weapons we use, our the battle is won. This is the way that we fight. Praise the the victory. I will, I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will sing, I will praise the Lord. I will, I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will sing, I will praise the Lord. Magnify His love, the King of kings. He is Lord, He is Lord, let all creation speak. Praise Him, adore Him, worship His name. I will, I will praise the Lord. I will, I will praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will sing. I will praise the Lord. I will, I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will sing. I will praise the Lord. Lift up your, lift up your voice voice and and sing for for joy. Clap your hands, make a joy for joy. Blow the in a shout. Praise Him for the victory, who ever to you. Worship is the way that the battle is won This is the way that we fight Praise for the victory Lift up your voice and speak for joy Have your hands, make a job for joy. No the trumpet and shout Praise for the victory We've got the no weapon to use On our bombs and guns Worship is it, the way that the battle is won This is the
1: way that we fight Praise upon the victory Come on, we're lifting our hearts with our hands Great is our God and mighty is our King and I bless your great and holy name, Jesus. We need the beautiful touch of your hand, my Father. Oh, Lord, I give you praise and glory and honor in the sweet and beautiful name of Jesus. Thank you, dear Lord. God, thank you, dear Lord, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Everybody said praise the Lord. If you have a Bible tonight, take a look at God's Word. Happy to be in God's house. Very happy to be in God's house. Good, good spirit of worship and praise here. Amen. I'm sure if we were anywhere else doing anything else, it would be far short, fall far short of what we're doing right now. Thank you, Jesus, for being in the right place, doing the right thing. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Everybody said hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Beginning with verse 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'd like to try to minister tonight on the value of the treasure. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. You know, I want to read to you from the book of Leviticus, from the Torah, the book of Leviticus, chapter 26. And the Lord said, if ye, verse 3, walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, and I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. And, of course, he goes on to tell so many positive things that will take place if we'll walk in his statutes, keep or guard the commandments, and do them. I want you to listen to verse 6, And I will give peace in the land, and ye shall lie down, and none shall make you afraid. And I will rid evil beasts out of the land, neither shall the sword go through your land. And ye shall chase your enemies, and they shall fall before you. Verse 8 And five, everybody said five, five of you shall chase an hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight, and your enemies shall fall. I'd like for you to notice, because he said here very plainly that five would chase a hundred, and that a hundred would put ten thousand to flight. But you know, things have a way with God of increasing in value. What we have from God does not depreciate, but it appreciates. It does not go down in value, but it goes up in value. And that is a guarantee. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 30, this is where Moses sang a song. I don't know how good Moses' voice was. I do know that there have been people who have speech impediments when they speak, but seems to vanish when they sing. Moses claimed that he was slow of speech. He was hesitant to go and do as God would have him to do. But God told him, I'm the one that made the tongue, and I'm in control here, and I'll supply everything that you have need of when you need it. And so... (laughs) Moses began to sing a song and it's recorded in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and here it tells us that one of you would chase a thousand and two of you would chase ten thousand. Sounds to me like things went up in value because we started with five and then it took a hundred and now we got one and two doing the same thing and even more. Jesus made it crystal clear in His Word. And He said and inspired this writer, this Apostle Paul, to tell us about what He has done in our lives when He fills us with the Holy Ghost, when we are baptized in water in the precious name of Jesus Christ, washed in that precious blood, totally forgiven, fully pardoned, sins, dirt, sent away, and remembered no more. And everybody said, praise the Lord. What a uh, wonderful and great thing to have such a, an experience in our lives, such a light that's shining in our hearts. And it is also written that we become this light that's set upon the hill, uh, a city that is just burning brightly and sending out a light, not just any light but sending out a light that will actually give people direction, eternal direction will help them to know how to get to heaven. There is no real way for me tonight. To put a value, I realized that the high priest was to evaluate things and he was to be able to tell what the value in a certain situation would be. But I got to tell you, there's no way for me to put a value on what Jesus Christ does for you when he fills you with the Holy Ghost. The treasure that he puts in your earthen vessel is inestimable. There is no way to put a price tag on it. There is no way to put a value on it. And just no way to do that because it is priceless. It is priceless. I'm looking into Matthew's account, Matthew chapter 10. And then uh, we're going to find that Luke has a little something to say also. But Matthew chapter 10, this is in regards to John the baptizer. And Jesus made it crystal clear here. And you listen closely. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Lord. And everybody said, "Hallelujah." hallelujah. I love the Lord tonight, and I'm glad to be in his house. I'm glad to have the Holy Ghost. I'm glad to be full of the Holy Ghost and fire. Verse 31, he wanted to deal with your fear. And he said, fear ye not, therefore. Ye are of more value, more value than many sparrows. He wants you to understand the value of yourself tonight because of his salvation, because of the treasure that is placed in your life that you're not just some little second-rate situation here, but that you are absolutely baptized with heaven's best. He gave his life on the cross. He shed his blood to fill you, to purchase, to give to you the gift of God, the gift of grace, the spirit of grace, the comforter, the Holy Ghost and fire to place in you a treasure, to invest in you, to put you in trust of the things that really matter and what really counts. You need to know the value tonight. You need to know the value. Everybody said, "Praise the Lord." You know, evidently, according to the Old and the New Testament, but Matthew chapter two and verse six, evidently, Bethlehem had been feeling a little, a little down, had been feeling kind of small and insignificant, and maybe overlooked, and. And Bethlehem, though, was told, Thou art not the least among the princes, for out of you is going to come him that's going to save everybody. I want you to understand tonight that when the devil comes around, and he's just trying to make you feel like what you're involved with and what you're doing and what you have is little and least and nothing. You need to awaken to the things of God. You need to look at this thing and properly appraise it. You need to sharpen up your discernment here and realize I have the Holy Ghost. I have the greatest experience. I have the greatest treasure. I am not the least, but I am in the church. I have the Holy Ghost and fire. I have what Jesus gave his life to purchase. Amen. And everybody said, praise the Lord. In uh, Luke's account, Luke chapter 7, I don't want you to allow the enemy to beat you down. I don't want you to allow that liar and father of lies To uh, begin to make you feel that you, uh, you know, that you you don't count, and that everybody else is doing the big things, and you're not doing much of nothing. You know, remember, please remember that the devil is a liar, and the father of it. And please remember that he was able to deceive one third of the angels of the heavenly host. He was able to deceive them because they believed his lies. He told them that what he had to offer was greater. He told them that things with him were going to be better and that you're not getting the kind of recognition that you deserve. You're, you're not flying high enough and fast enough and things aren't moving good enough for you. Come and follow me. Oh, what I will give to you. Don't think that he didn't say the same kind of words and the same kind of uh, spirit that he manifested when he took Jesus to the top in mind, to the top of the mountain and said, if you'll bow down and worship me, I've got the power to give you all the glories of the kingdoms of this world. And Jesus absolutely put him in his place. He let him nobody what you got couldn't even begin to compare with what I got and what's coming. You better understand if you only knew who I was and what you're setting in motion, you'd absolutely run away and hide yourself somewhere as you're fixing to unleash a treasure and a power. When you crucify me, I will give my life, but I will rise again and pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and my sons and my daughters will prophesy. Amen. And my young men, young women, will be involved. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Lord. Luke chapter 7. Everybody said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 7. Jesus wanted to set things in the proper perspective. Talking to you about the value of the treasure in your life, in your heart, in your vessel your Holy Ghost and Jesus said it this way they wanted to know about John the baptizer and they were wondering about things and Jesus said what went ye out into the wilderness to see he said a reed shaken in the wind something wimpy something compromising something wishy-washy something that didn't know what was going on but what went ye out for to see man clothed in soft raiment? You're looking for a guy. My wife she showed me a picture the other day, and she said, now, you need to get that suit. And I said, yeah, that suit's about $4,000. I need to stay far away from that suit. Not interested in any $4,000 suit. She said, no, but it had a feather on it. It's the feather I was trying to get you to see, you know. What a world we live in. What a fashion world we live in. Don't think I want anything to do with that. No, thank you. No, thank you. We'll leave the feathers to the ladies. But what, what you out for to see a man clothed in soft raiment? Behold. They which are gorgeously apparelled and live delicately are in king's courts. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? He said, Yea, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet, this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verse 28, For I say unto you, Among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Are you getting a picture of how great John the Baptist was in the eyes of the Almighty God? But he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than him. Let me tell you what you got. When you got the Holy Ghost, you didn't get second rate. You didn't get some brand X. You didn't get a counterfeit. You didn't get something to be looked down on. You didn't get something to say why this isn't worth anything. You need to realize you've got a treasure tonight. You need to know the value of the treasure. That old devil comes around and tells you, well, you know, better things to do tonight was telling me today about about people taking, taking Sundays, shortening them up, taking time off, calling it family night. That's nothing new. I've heard that for a long time. I particularly noticed that they used to always like to take the fifth Sunday, because the fifth Sunday in January meant they could stay home and watch the Super Bowl. You don't think we can't see past your little charade? Let me tell you something, from the time we get out somewhere around noonish on a Sunday morning, I wouldn't even begin to be able to figure out what anybody could do that would be better than what we do when we come back for an evening service. There's nothing you could talk to me about. This is our family. This is family time. This is God's church. This is God's power. God telling you how great John the baptizer is and then turns around and says, you're greater. Woo! My God, thank you, Jesus. And the only reason is because of the treasure. It's the excellency of the power. It's not of us, but of him that gave it to us. What an investment he has made in your life. You didn't know the value of it. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Matthew 11 and 11 said the same thing, so I will not turn there, but he made the same point. He made it crystal clear. You want to know the value of what you have. You do not want to, you know, there have been people, and I told you, my wife goes to therapy, and uh, her therapy is the goodwill. And uh, every once in a while, particularly after a rough day at the academy, she'll go by the goodwill and get a little therapy, and she'll witness those ladies and be a good light to them and hunt for little treasures, and she came home the other day with a, I think it's called a Hubble, and it was a famous painter, actually I thought it was an observatory telescope up there somewhere, but I think this is spelled a little differently or something, but uh, she was all excited because she probably paid 29 cents for it and figured it was worth 29 million. And I was excited, hoping it was worth $29 million. Got a lot of buildings to build. It doesn't just take money to build buildings, though, and start works, believe you me. And that is definitely the least of it. Uh, But it does have its place. (laughs) So anyway, she was excited. And uh, what I am trying to say to you is that people have been known to throw out into the trash, set out at the road, things that are very valuable, because they didn't know the value of it. They have found masterpiece paintings in Goodwills and pawn shops. They have found rare and valuable first edition books that went for much money on the market because somebody threw it out, didn't know the value of it. There are people that throw away the things that have to do with the Holy Ghost. That they let those, what did it say, slips away. And we don't. We want to pay attention here. We want to sharpen up the old eyeballs. You know, I can always tell when you're getting close to 40 because you hold it out here. You know, and you do this because you're trying to get your cornea to focus. You know, my wife laughed. She said, "Honey, go get the glasses. Break down and get the glasses." She said, "Because you're stretching your eyes to the max there." All right. Well, I'm fighting it tooth and toenail, Let me tell you. The doctor over there told me, "said I couldn't wait. I can't wait to get you in here." I said, "Don't hold your breath, honey." They say, don't hold your breath. I'm holding out here. It used to be 2010. Now they're 20-something. I'm not sure what. And I'm not going to let them tell me neither. <laughs> but I, just give me a little light, and I'm okay. Everybody said hallelujah. Knowing the value of what you have, many, many people have allowed the enemy to talk them out and deceive them out of the value of what they have and just deposit it on the side of the road somewhere. Just chuck it in the garbage. Just uh, put it in a box and send it down to the Goodwill dumpster. Let me tell you something. You might want to remember what you got. You don't need to take your Holy Ghost to the music of the world. You don't need to take your Holy Ghost and set it out there for the garbage men of the world to come along and take it to some dump somewhere. You don't belong in the middle of a ballpark. You don't take your treasure to the nightclub. You don't take your treasure to the things that besmirch it and belittle it because people do that who don't know the value of the treasure. There was that individual that uh, he took—he uh, took his treasure, young person in the church, took his treasure, and he went down to the what some people call the honky tonk, the bar, the club, and he took his guitar and his microphone. And he set himself up there for his little gig, and he began to play and he began to sing for the drunks and for the people who were engaged in the wrong type of activity. They were sleazy and slimy and dirty and nasty, and they had no morals and no, no values or value of anything whatsoever. And uh, he said that every time, every night at seven o'clock, particularly on the nights when he used to go to church, he said the Lord's spirit would talk to him and remind him of what he was, who he was, what he had, and that he didn't belong in that place doing what he was doing taken what God had given him to that kind of environment and atmosphere and uh, he said he would push it away would push away the spirit of the Lord and one night after many nights of God trying to woo him and pull him and tug him and remind him and make him aware of the value of the investment in his life he got so frustrated he just said leave me alone and God did God did God ceased to speak with him anymore God ceased to send an angel anymore God ceased to woo him anymore until he realized how frigid and cold he was and he realized that he had he had taken his treasure and put it in a sleazy slimy place of a gutter and there he had lost his treasure And then he began to beg. Sounds a little bit like Esau, doesn't it? Sounds a little bit like Esau that was actually able to muster up some tears. That was able to turn on the faucet of tears. But you know, God wasn't going to be fooled. You sold your birthright. I gave you a treasure and you took it. You wrapped it up and you invested in this world. And you didn't use and you didn't value what I gave you. You thought it was of little value, but I want you to understand. Esau woke up one day and realized how valuable it was and he sold it for a bowl of beans. I don't care what the devil offers you. It amounts, and reduces down to lowest terms to a bowl of beans. You need to know the value of what you have. I have the Holy Ghost. I have the Holy Ghost. I have this treasure in earthen vessels and God gave it to me and it's not of me, it's of him. The excellency of the power of my treasure is because of God. I didn't get this from some little handshake. Some little card signing. I didn't get this from man's ideas and natural thinking. I got this from heaven. I've got the Holy Ghost. My life has been changed. God took me out of the gutter. God took me out of unbelief. God translated me from darkness to light. God gave me this treasure. Oh, how much more value are you because of that? Because of what God has done. You know what? You can remain standing. You know what? What uh, Job's writing said in verse 13 and 4, he told people that came around, people that were backslid in their spirit, people that weren't excited, people that didn't jump anymore, people that didn't dance in the Holy Ghost anymore, people that couldn't raise their hands anymore. First, they devalued it to a hand clap, you know, first news, you know everything and you're thinking about 5,000 other things, minimum. You know, it just begins to to fade and to cool. Oh, yeah. And you got to wake up and realize people are going to come around, and there's going to be people that are going to have let this lose its value in their way of thinking, and that church isn't so important anymore. Prayer isn't important anymore. Who needs to be in pre-service prayer anyway, you know? And, and people will begin to come to a service and they'll sit and they'll become pew potatoes. They will just sit there and they will try in some way to get their mind on what did the preacher say the other night? Balancing their checkbooks, claiming I'm reading my Bible. That makes a lot of sense to read your Bible in church when the preacher's preaching. How ignorant is that? Now you just imagine Somebody comes and wants to talk to you. And the whole time they're trying to communicate to you something important, you're reading. You're you're doing something completely different. I don't think that you want to. I trust you do not want to in any way insult God. There is a time and there is a season for each and every thing. And when we come to the house of God, friend, you need to be like a rocket that is set on fire. You need to make the challenger look like nothing. You need to to send out a rocket burst and a flame of the Holy Ghost that says, I'm in church. I know where I'm at. I know what I got. I know who I serve. I'm not serving an unknown God. I know him. His name is Jesus Christ. He may be unknown to some people, but he isn't unknown to me. This isn't ho-hum. This isn't yawn. This isn't sit back and think about something else. This isn't dig your toes in the sand. This isn't think something else is more valuable. Those are nothing but the enemy deceiving you. And I'm going to tell you, he'll take you on a ride, and he'll tell you you're going to have a good time. But before you know it, he's going to pull the rug out from under you. He's going to leave you sick and wounded and beaten and bruised on the side of the road. You want to know what, your, what the value is of what he has given you. I have the Holy Ghost. I have the greatest treasure anybody could ever. I know the value of this. It's priceless. It's the pearl of great price. It's priceless. Let me sell out everything, not just once, but every day. Let me sell out. Let me just keep telling myself I need more of him and less of that. I need more of God and less of the devil. I need more of Holy Ghost environment and less of the world. Yes, sir. You know, I have told you before. A lot of times the grandkids will call and they'll tell She Sister and hanging up, I love you. And she'll say, I love you more. And they'll go back, more, 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 And she gets real bunch of mores together and then she hangs up before they can say anything. She's not going to be whooped, outdone. Well, let me tell you something. We need more, 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 more of this Holy Ghost. We don't need less. We're living in dangerous times, perilous times, when people's attitudes and spirits are working through people over time and inventions are abounding all around us that are things that distract and become make you more impersonal. Cut you off. We're not coming to church with earbuds in. You hear me? We're not coming here with iPods. We're not coming here with phones on and we better not. We're not coming here to chew gum and then try to praise God and choke to death while it hangs and does flips on your tonsils. We're here to worship God. I'm getting ready to go. I'm geared up. I'm going through that prayer room like a car wash and I'm going to get cleaned up and go to church and worship God because I have a treasure and it's made me of more value than anything else you are of great value imagine to even be classified to be mentioned in the same breath as John the baptizer and yet God said "The least one among you is greater than him you got to realize what kind of compliment that is You got to realize, meaning, what how great the treasure is. That's what it boils down to. How great this Holy Ghost New Testament church is, and that you're a part of it. That He took you from oblivion. He took you from nothing. He pulled you out of the fire. He absolutely saved and delivered you and led you to a rock that's higher than you are and set your feet on it and said, Come on now. One of you is so powerful and so valuable that you will put a 1,000 to flight. Two of you will put 10,000 to flight. Come on, you keep following that geometric progression, friend, and you start saying, people start saying, Well, what about this denominal guy and that denominal guy and this guy started this denomination? And that one started this denomination. Woo, aren't they some? They're nothing. They don't even begin to blip the meter when you compare them to somebody that's baptized in Jesus' name and got the Holy Ghost.
0: Amen. Amen. Jesus'
1: name. You want to brag on all these founders of denominations, then you might want to remember that the Bible talked about Satan. Lucifer, how he was wiser than Daniel and how he had his tabards and his instruments and all the choir and singing that he had going on but let me tell you, he didn't know the value of his place, he didn't know the value of his calling, he didn't know what all God was offering to him and he left it and he wound up being thrust out of heaven let me tell you, you want to know the value of what God's put in your life Amen Amen. I want everybody to be saved. doesn't matter who they are, where they come from. What their background is makes no difference to me. But hear me when I tell you, everybody's got to come through the door. And Jesus is the door. And the way you come through it is with the keys. You repent, you get baptized in Jesus' name, and you get the Holy Ghost. And there is no other way according to the Bible. You stay with the Bible because it's what brings the treasure into your life. And it's a treasure that's priceless. Know the value of what you've got tonight. And don't trade it or slip it away or or throw it away or discard it or in your mind, your heart, devalue it. Not at all. You remember. I told one of our men today. I said, how are you doing? He said, good. And I looked at him again. I said, how are you doing? He said, good. I said, keep it that way because we're getting mighty close to the finish line. You want to realize what you got. Don't let anybody come whispering around. Don't let anybody come turn your head in the the wrong direction. Don't let anybody begin to get you to where you're not properly valuing what you have. This is to be kept if you keep my commandments, if you walk in my statutes. You got to guard this, you got to keep this you got to walk in the light as He is in the light so you can keep seeing how great it is what you got, how fortunate you are. There's a lot of people tonight in institutions, insane asylums, mental institutions, hospitals, hospices, nursing homes, all kinds of places and things. But let me tell you, you have an opportunity to be in God's house. You have an opportunity to lift your heart with your hands in the name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, and to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Let's take our opportunity while we got it. Let's give while we can give. Let's worship while we can worship in spirit and in truth. There's nowhere else to be tonight and nothing else even approached to doing anything near as good as what you're doing when you're in God's house. Let's lift our hearts with our hands and let us worship him. Let us praise and magnify him. I lift my heart with my hands to thee, O Lord. And I bless you. I thank you, Jesus, for the truth. By your grace, I wouldn't trade this for anything. Come on now. Thank you, Lord. You're the love of my life. Without you, there's nothing.